This is Indirect Kick. Welcome to the Indirect Kick podcast. Um, today we have the gruesome twosome again. We have the dynamic duo. I'm here with Brian, uh, a happy Manchester United fan, allegedly a sad, <laughs> a sad Real Madrid fan. Uh, it's a mix of emotions, um, but I'm not allegedly. We could say a very happy DC United fan. That could, that's confirmed. Yes. Um, yes. I am the Highbury hunk. I am the sad Highbury hunk today. I have to say after today's result. Um, but let's do some quick hits, uh, kicks. Um, so first off. Uh, we need to bring in some more women's soccer on the podcast since the Women's World Cup is coming on. The she's be- she believes Cup has uh, was just ha- just happened. Um, England ended up winning the whole thing. Um, USA didn't look too good. They looked okay, but don't look like world beaters. Um, they tied with England. They beat Brazil in the last game. Um, hold on, I have the thing here. Um, and they tied with J- uh, Japan. They tied with Japan. Too. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. They gave up a last-minute equalizer. It was very disappointing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't see the Japan game. Um, yeah, so, I mean, how do you feel after this tournament about the... Do you feel like we're going to repeat or no? Um, I still think that the head coach, Jill Ellis, is uh, hasn't settled on her preferred starting 11 yet she's done she did a lot of experimenting maybe not a lot but a fair amount of experimenting in this tournament i know they have a few more friendlies until the world cup uh, hopefully she finds the right mix of players i would say the goalkeeper uh french had a couple of mistakes and she didn't actually play uh in the the brazil game but she had a couple of mistakes in the first two games so I think that has impacted things. Having not having hope solo, so it'll be. I don't feel as confident as maybe I would like, but at the same time, going into 2015, people didn't feel that confident either. So maybe that's the right recipe for the U.S. women's, women's national team here to kind of come in feeling not as world beaters. Okay. Um... I feel like the European teams are catching up to us, but uh, we'll see. Um, yeah, England looks good. I would say I'm, I'm impressed with England. I think they're definitely going to be a contender. Okay, yeah. Um, so we'll we'll keep you updated on uh, progress of the Women's World Cup. Uh, next thing I have on the air, MLS did not do good in the uh, CONCACAF Champions League. All of they the did cha- not. all of the MLS teams lost. Three of them lost. Oh, two of them lost at home. Houston lost at home. The Tigres. Um, uh, sorry, New York Red Bulls lost at home to uh, Santos Laguna. Um, Atlanta lost to uh, um, lost to Monterey. Um, Sporting Kansas City at least lost on the road, um, but um, yeah, uh, do you, uh, they probably have the best chance of coming back in the second leg. What do you think? Yeah, SKC definitely has the best chance to come back. I think playing uh, home on the second leg. Yeah, it wasn't a great performance across the board. I know everybody, every year when this happens, everybody says, oh, it's because they're not fresh and ready because the season just started. And 
And I think there's something to that. But, I mean, Atlanta United, they just signed probably the best player in South America. So, at some point, that excuse starts to run out. And I think it is running out, especially with the, the money being spent now. So... At some point, performances have to improve. Do you okay. do you care about CCL in the sense of um, not like do you care about it like in the sense of like do you think does it bother yeah, you? I definitely do. Okay, it okay, it we, definitely matters. Okay, we have we have a difference of opinion then. Really, I do um, care. I do think it means okay. something, and I do think like I would like an MLS team to win it at some point. But mm-hmm. I I definitely do not think it matters as much as the league makes it seem that matters to me. No, I think uh, if showing MLS has this whole thing where they want to be like a, one of the best leagues in the world by such and such date, and it's hard to say that they're one of the best leagues around globally if they can't consistently compete against the Mexican league, which is right in their neighborhood. So until then, that's why I think they're putting such an emphasis on this tournament to show that, hey, we can compete with Mexico, but we really cannot. The teams have been losing against Mexican teams for years now, consistently. Yeah, that's true. At some point, you'd like to think it's going to change, but until it actually happens, yeah. All right, well, hopefully, um, I guess we're going to put all our money on SKC coming back then. Yeah, I think uh, I think Atlanta could figure it out as well. I don't know. They're down three nothing though. That's a lot. That's a big deficit to come down from. Yeah, nah, they just have the most talent of the other, of all the other teams. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, wait, the second leg of the Houston Tigers game is going to be at midnight on Wednesday. Uh, really? Yeah. Um. Okay, I'm probably going to have to see the highlights for that one. Um, yeah, probably not stand up for that. Yeah. I, um, so my last piece uh, last piece of like news is uh, Roma. We're going to talk more about Roma later. Uh, fired, their, um, fired their manager. Um, um, Eusebio Di Francesco. There you go. I believe. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, are you? St- I'm surprised that this happened. It seems harsh. I think. Don't you agree? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I know it's pretty disappointing to go out in the round of 16, considering you're in the semifinal. But you made a surprise one last year. They're fifth in Syria, as far as I I remember last time I checked. So uh, that probably has more to do with it than anything else. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know how many. Let me look at the standings real quick. Um, so, uh, do, 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 do. so they are, they are only three points back of Inter Milan. So they're very, they're right there for a Champions League spot for next year. So it seems like if you were going to do it, I would wait until the end of the season, uh, and see where you finish before you did something like that. But I don't know. I don't really, I really didn't see anything about the reasoning. I was trying to look up some stuff about it. So, yeah. Italian soccer, man, they, they go through coaches, like, uh, very quickly. So it doesn't always have to make sense, to be honest. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, uh, Claudio uh, Ranieri is going to be the uh, interim coach. 
Um, he just got fired from Fulham, but he used to coach there, so I guess that's good enough. I believe he won it. Was he the coach when they won a title? Don't quote me on that. I think he might have been. Um, Actually, I, no, he wasn't. Okay. He fam- famously was not, because Claudio Ranieri famously, until Leicester City, uh, never won anything. So it wasn't him. Okay. False alarm. <laughs> um. All right, so that's a uh, that's the Roma news. Um, one, I have a quick book review. Um, yeah, I read, I listened to this book. Um, I listened to this book called The Club. Uh, it is not going to be like remember when I talked about movies and it wasn't about soccer at all. It's not going to be about <laughs> soccer. Um, it's called The Club: How the Premier League Became the Richest, Most Disru- Disruptive Business in Sports by Joshua Robinson and Jonathan Clegg. Um, I think if you're a soccer fan, and especially if you're like getting more into it, or you just like um, you want to like know more about the history of the Premier League, I think it's a really good book. It was a good listen or a good read if you actually buy the book. Um, yeah, it's very it's interesting because it's funny because and when the Premier League started, like basically like in the '80s, like before the Premier League started, like. These like rich, rich British rich British guys like didn't even know like anything about TV. They like, did you know you know about the blackout, right? Uh-huh. So that they made that rule when they started uh, was like so there's a blackout in England on Saturdays from three to five, where you can't show soccer because they're afraid that people won't show up to watch the soccer games, right? So they, that's uh-huh. what like when they made that rule, and it's just it's just funny where you get from you know all these like old British guys who just like don't like know anything about tv don't understand like the potential power to like man city just like oh we're just like revenue sharing why would we do that that's like basically what the last chapter was like why are we giving other smaller clubs money we shouldn't do that so it's um it's a good read that's my i recommend it i have to check it out yeah i uh yeah i think you would enjoy it yeah i'm sure i would okay um we can get more into uh what was it called again? The club, how uh, the Premier League became the richest league. It's if you type in the club Premier League, it'll pop up. <laughs> there we go. Um, we can get into like the main show. Um, MLS is back. Hashtag MLS is back. You got to get the engagement. Yeah, that's right. Um, the first uh, first weekend of uh, a thirty four game, I believe, regular season mm-hmm. happened. Any big takeaways? Um, I guess we could start. Well, I know you wanted to talk about Jordan Morris. Um, we can I talk. Do. Um, he's he, the next Landon Donovan. He's back. The next, <laughs> the next great American <laughs> wow. player. Um, he scored two goals after missing all that last. Did he miss all last year? Or a little bit of the year before too. He missed. He he might have played like one game, maybe. Okay. Yeah, but he had like a really, uh, really bad injury. Uh, he came yeah. back, scored two goals against Cincinnati. Cincinnati does not; it does not going to be an Atlanta United. Uh, they look like they're going to be more of a Minnesota United. Yes, Cincinnati's first ever game, by the way. If we got a new team in yeah. Major League Soccer, and they wore Cincinnati. those really boring ass white kits. Yes, they all have the same color jersey, white. <laughs> yeah. Half the league, and with white shorts too. Yeah. It's not, I don't, yeah, 
Analyst teams are very boring when it comes to their jersey selection. Yeah, I really wish they would split, like, let other companies, like, sponsor teams. I think it would be better for the looks. I agree, I agree, for sure. But anyway, Jordan Morris scored two goals. He's back just in time for the March friendlies. I don't know if he's going to get a call-up or not. I kind of hope he does because I'm a a big – I'm a Jordan Morris fan, just – just to be clear, I think he's a really good player. I know people um, reacted strongly a couple of years ago when he decided basically he was committing to Major League Soccer long term and not going to Europe. He's oh, still, by you know, people, do you mean Jermaine? Like do you mean Jermaine Jones? Uh, Jordan Morris. Yeah, when you said people didn't agree, do you mean Jermaine Jones? Oh, yeah. <laughs> thanks for reminding me. Yes, Jermaine Jones did not agree with that decision at all (laughs) Um, i can't remember exactly what he said to you well he was like mad because he like he didn't apparently it was rumored he didn't want to go to like germany because like he didn't want to leave his dog or something and so he was like you were not gonna go to europe for your dog just get a new dog (laughs) Uh oh become i mean he's called it's man best man's best friend for a reason right yeah (laughs) although (laughs) Yeah, so that was like a big thing. I don't remember exactly what he said, but he was, that was like a big sticking point. Where he was like, I can't believe you're doing this because of your dog. <laughs> yeah, I completely forgotten about that. But um, uh, how old is Jordan Morris? Jones. He's still like, what, 22, 23? Is he younger than that? I think he's 20. He might be 24. But either way, he's still young. Yeah. Relatively speaking. He's still got a good track record in Major League Soccer. And uh, I'm excited he's back, and I hope he does well. And I hope well enough that Greg Berhalter, the U.S. coach, gets him a look here fairly soon. And uh, speaking of Americans, internationals, Michael Bradley had two goals. Uh, another controversial figure. Yes. Were you happy for Michael Bradley? Um. Yes, but I'm kind of like done with Michael Bradley on the United States soccer team. <laughs> on the national team, but um, yeah, I'm I'm happy for him. I'm happy anytime like a, an American like vet scores or an American like national scores, I'm pretty I'm pretty I'm pretty psyched for him. So even yeah. I, I don't really it think was, he has a future that much of a future on Greg Berhalter's squad, but yeah, I'm I'm happy for him. He'll be in the squad in March, I believe, I'm sure. Well, I I I mean I mean like talking 2022, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're probably right, maybe. But uh, yeah, it was good. It was a good opportunity for Michael Bradley to to shut the haters up for also, at least a little bit. Also, a really good result for uh, Toronto FC, who did not yeah, look good in CCL. Yeah, they desperately needed it. So, which is uh, you know good for Toronto, good for Michael Bradley. Look at Josie Altidore back, and uh, Toronto. They had a rough season last year, but they were coming off two previous years where they made MLS Cup. Uh, they won one, so maybe we're going to see the return of Toronto at the the top end of, the, of Major League Soccer this season. Uh, speaking of the top end of Major League Soccer, I think we have to talk about DC United too, right? Um, yeah, I mean, how's it, the top end. how's it feel to be a fan of a contender again? Yeah, uh, it's been, goodness, it's been for a long time, I think. Mm-hmm. I want to say 2013, I think, 
they were kind of near the top of the table or close to it. Yeah. So six years, decentated histor- historical power. So it's good to good to feel good about the chances here for the local team. And um, and not and not just a just one. I mean, it really dominated the game. Uh, Atlanta really didn't do much in the game. Um, I'm looking at the stats now. Like, just yeah, they crushed them. They had was, like almost ten more shots, and you know, more shots on target. You know, um, yeah. yeah I, we, should, we should be clear here. So they just they just thumped Atlanta United, defending MLS Cup champs. Right, with like the most home. prolific offense in the history of MLS. Exactly. With the leading score in MLS history last year, and Joseph Martinez. So, so yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a good game for DC United. It was a good game because you know Luciano Acosta had a good game. Paul Ariola had a good game. I thought Russell Canoes did well. Wayne Rudy, the you know captain and star of the team, he played all right, but he wasn't. He's really good. The focal he, point. He wasn't the focal point, think. but he's he's really good off the ball. Like he, even when he does not score or like he doesn't assist. Although the first goal really, technically, I mean, it's tech, he gets the hockey assist off the first assist because it's basically he's the one to put it in the box. But like, um, I forgot who set it up for Ariola, but it was basically I think it was Lucho who set it up for him. But um, I think, yeah, um, it was. But yeah, he does a lot of stuff off the ball where he's like always doing something, which I really like about him watching him. He's always doing something. He, he, if he's just making a run or he's just making a, like a key pass or something, he's not, you know. So even when he's not necessarily scoring, he's always. I still think he puts in like good work. Yeah, Wayne Rooney's consistently proving me wrong. I was a doubter, but uh, no, he he looks like he's going to be. I mean, obviously, he was going to be a crucial part of this team going forward. So it's good to see him having an. Impact on the game, even if he's not actually scoring. Yeah. Um, la- I I do kind of want to talk about the LAFC Sporting Kansas City game. I thought it was a yeah. really good game. Uh, ended up uh, last second goal. Um, this looked like maybe a Western Conference preview, Western Conference final preview. Uh, felt you're right. Felt felt like I wouldn't say it felt like a playoff game because it's first game of the season, but like it did feel like okay, these are two of the best in the West. You know, I don't know. I'd probably think of. If I had to make a list, I would probably say Seattle, LAFC, and SKC are probably going to be the top three out west. Maybe Portland. I think maybe Portland is up there. Yeah, I mean, you could throw other teams in the mix, but just off the top of my head, I, I think that's probably going to be uh, there. Um, yeah, um, and yeah. LAFC has quickly become a like I would say a top five crowd. Yeah, no, the crowd was almost as impressive as the the game itself. Right, they were very. Yeah, it was just it made it more fun to watch, which is always cool. Yeah, have you um, watched the LAFC documentary? No, I haven't yet. It's, it's worth watching. It's a very easy. Yeah, I'm like halfway through. I haven't watched it in a while, but uh, I'm like, there's like ten episodes. They're all like fifteen, twenty minutes. It's not. It's not good. Yeah, it's worth watching. It's interesting. What did they? Uh, how does Bob Bradley come off? He comes off kind of weird, uh, at least in the where I am, because I'm like halfway through. He compares, uh, he compares a uh, uh, um, Vela to uh, Messi, which is the clip that was going around. Is like, what this? Oh this guy? yeah, that went viral. Yeah, or, you know MLS viral. But he also has that weird hybrid European accent, 
and he only says he like so he's like he has like a weird New Jersey English accent, and he always he only says football, so it's like football. He talks that's how he talks. But as a coach, I think he's okay. But he does he is he does kind of come off kind of weird. Yeah, well, yeah, nah, I think I think uh, the weirdness sort of runs in the family. That's a callback to Michael Bradley, but. <laughs> Um, all right, I think that sums up uh, that sums up um, MLS talk. Um, yeah, we'll check in next week. Yeah. Um, all right, so I think we really only need to talk. Well, let's talk about um, Liverpool real quick. Actually, um, are Liverpool going to blow this? Um, or the, the the Premier League title? You mean? Yes. Yeah, I hope not, but they're not filling me with a ton of confidence yet, or right now. So I don't, I don't want to say yes, they are gonna blow it because I feel like that's gonna, I don't, you know, karmically make it happen by saying it's gonna happen. So <laughs> I'm gonna refrain from saying they're gonna blow it, but I'm not. Uh, confident they aren't. Yeah, it, you know it, what I mean. Yeah, it feels it feel. It just kind of feels like right now they're only a doubt. They're only a point back. So maybe. Yeah. So uh, they really haven't been able really to score. I mean, they beat Watford five nothing. Um, they, but they haven't really been able to score. Um, and it kind of feels like Man City are like we're we're used to this. It's like been the same group of guys who won last year. So I don't think they're afraid of the moment. I don't know. Um, I really, you know, I think you touched on something really uh, correct there with the whole afraid of the moment stuff because, like you said, Manchester City has been there and Liverpool famously never won a Premier League title. They won back when it was just the regular old first division in the 80s and, or, and before but it's been what almost 30 years since they won a, a title. So yeah, it's definitely in their head. It definitely impacted the last time Liverpool had a chance to win the premier league. So no, I think, uh, I think you might be right that the mental fortitude that Manchester city has, uh, when it comes to the premier league anyway, might be the difference, which is sort of depressing. If you're rooting for Liverpool, as I am, um, I you know I just want to burn the world down. I don't really care who wins the Premier League. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, moving on to that exciting title race, let's talk about Arsenal Tottenham. Yeah. So, um, the, what did you make of the game? So, in the grand scheme of like the world, like going back to like the Big Bang, like um. It's a pretty good result, you know. You get a point at uh, away uh, to your biggest rival. I take it. In the context of the game, a little annoyed. I think we should have won that game, not just because we were given a gift penalty to Obama Yang, which he—that's one of the worst penalties I've ever seen. Like what? What? It really was. <laughs> like compared to like the, we're gonna talk about the Champions League in a minute, but. There were some to, better penalties to, in the to, Champions League, compa- yes. Yeah, well, compared to Ra- just, like, Rashford's. Rashford was, like, um, like, uh, like the most beautiful taken penalty. And then compared, it's, it's, I don't know what he was doing there. Um, but, yeah, but um, I thought we were the better side, to be to be honest. And um, 
you know, I, think I you were. I, I agree. But uh, you know, even I don't. You know, I'm gonna say this because um, people get mad at me. I'm gonna talk about football. Um, you remember how the Saints got screwed on that call? Um, in the in the NFC Championship. I game? do. Yes. Um. So yeah, get people screwed. get mad at me, and because I was like, everyone was mad about it, and I was like. They that didn't really. I mean, it lost them the game, but like they had other opportunities to win the game. It's like, oh, you're just yeah. biased. So I'm gonna gonna say this now. My team. So before I was gonna say it for the Manchester United thing, but but I, I you know I don't want to complain about uh, the refs because it was a it was a BS call. Uh, Tottenham was totally offside. They shouldn't have had the penalty. But what is Mustafi doing? He like shoved Harry Kane. Why would you do that? <laughs> like, don't touch anybody in the box. That's like, uh, that, it was just I don't know. He's terrible. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I what, did you do you blame the ref or you do blame the foul, the actual foul? Um, I think I blame the foul to be honest. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's pretty bad. Like offside or not, you can't do that. Um, yeah, you can't. So I mean, yeah, you can't do that. And considering we were given a pretty soft penalty, I can't be too mad about it. Nah, yeah, I still think, like you said, Arsenal should feel okay getting the 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 draw off out of this game. So it's not the end of the world, but it was. It was a very tense game. Yeah, obviously. this one doesn't feel like really as back and forth. Um, also, I should give a shout out to uh, to Leno, Baird Leno. He had a really good game. He had like that amazing double save. Um, mm-hmm. He's really grown on me. I like him. Uh, I for, like when he first came in and took over for Czech. I wasn't a big fan of him. I thought he was a little shaky, but he seems to be pretty solid now. Yeah, I, he's still a pretty young for a goalkeeper. So yeah. He could be he could be at Arsenal for a long time. Yeah, I see him as our goalkeeper of the future because I, I check's going to retire after the season. Um, oh, is he for sure? Yeah, I think he already announced it. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay, yeah, but he's got to be. He's up there. He's just like you know Buffon age almost. We'll talk about him later too. Yeah, um, that's pretty. So we have um, Manchester United coming. Oh, actually. I'm going to talk about this and then I'm going to like, I got to stop it and re-record. But, um, so we lost to Rent in the Europa League. It's really embarrassing. Um, and then we have, uh, we have, uh, also, um, once Socrates got, uh, thrown out of the game, like we completely lost our shit. Um, he shouldn't have, also, that was a bad red, that was not a red card. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I'm not very confident against Manchester United. Um, We'll give a. Per- well, I'll ask your prediction at the end of the show, but I'm gonna say okay. we're gonna lose. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna stop it, and I'm gonna be back, and then we'll talk about Champions League. All right, let's do it. All right, all right, we're back. We're gonna talk about the UEFA Champions League. Uh, pretty exciting. I don't know what you thought. I don't know if you were bored or not, Brian. But I, I was pretty they were, thrilled. They were. Uh... Uh, crazy, I would say. They were more than almost exciting. They were a little bit, cr- yeah, crazy, I think is the word I would use. Yeah, that's a good, yeah. Okay, that's a good way to describe it. Um, let's start with, um, 
Okay, let's start with Spurs Dortmund. Actually, I was going to start with the most straightforward. Yeah. Um. So, um, Tottenham came into uh went to Dortmund with a three goal lead. Pretty much went how I expected it to go. Um. You know, obviously Dortmund was going to put a lot of pressure on the Tottenham defense. They weren't able to break through. Uh, Larice held strong, and then Kane pretty much put it away. That was the game. <laughs> you have any more analysis? That was, that was the game. Yeah. So they ended yeah. up winning four nothing uh, through aggregate. Um, so that was annoying. Um, all right, I'll Harry let you. Kane's goal was really nice. Yeah, I didn't even watch it. To be honest, I didn't see the goal. <laughs> it was. It, it was just he just took it really well. It was Harry, Harry Kane. He's good. He's um, good, folks. This is what you come to this podcast for. For yeah. for dads like that. Um, yeah, hard hitting announcements. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, bro. I'll let you. I'll let you pick. Where do you want to start with? Uh, I mean, I think we got to talk about the big one, right? PSG, Manchester United. Yes, we do. Um, so VAR played a big part in, uh, in in. Well, all three of the games we're about to talk about, because there's a VAR in the Real Madrid game, too. Um, how do you think that VAR, did VAR look bad this, this week? Well, <laughs> I think it got... Yeah, I don't think VAR came out looking ahead. So, video that's a video assistant review. for. So, what happens is the referee, somebody up top in the looking at a monitor... Buzzes the referee, tells him to go look at a screen off on the side of the field <laughs> that has the call, that has the play that they want to relook at. And he and he stands there for like fifteen seconds, or you know, anywhere from fifteen seconds to fifteen minutes. Feels like it's like, and it's like a Microsoft Surface or whatever. You know, it's like a little touch screen thing, and you just get to see the guy looking at the replay in super slow-mo like you would watching it on TV. And then he looks at it a couple times, and then he turns around, and then he makes a decision. And it's sort of – they're making decisions on – in this case, the Manchester United game, it was a handball. And it could have gone either way. And I don't care how many times you look at it. You're going to – you're not going to know for sure whether it should have been a handball because – the rule is uh, ambiguous. So, well, well, I'll ask you if what you. Well, we'll get into more detail, but let, let's set up to that. Let's get to that. So, my question is: Did the refs screw PSG, or did PSG screw PSG? Okay, all right. So, I, I've already kind of dumped on far a little bit there. So, it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. I think uh, most of the blame has to go to PSG, though. Do you agree? I totally agree. I don't blame the refs at all. I hate blaming refs. Really? Just like my huge pet peeve of mine, actually. There's, okay, so like the fail Mary with Seattle and uh, the Packers, obviously. I'm just using random things I could think of. Like, okay, yeah, that was like a call that ended the game. So obviously that's the refs' fault. But especially in terms of this PSG game, like, you. The Manchester United's two first two goals were based on PSG mistakes. Because, okay, so not, not only were they PSG mistakes, they were horrific. Right, they were terrible, yeah. embarrassing. This, this, this is like the most expensively assembled soccer squad ever. They spent like a billion on just all 
these players. And Gianluigi Buffon has a really bad miss. They paid him so much shot. money to not go to a retirement home. And he, like, just fumbled the ball. And yeah, allowed Lukaku the ball. to score a second goal. And um, the first goal, it was I believe it was Kerr, Thilo Kerr, the, mm. the German um, defender. He makes a pass back to who's supposed to be paying attention, I guess, um, Thiago Silva. But Kerr is not looking at all where he's passing the ball, and Silva wasn't on his toes either. Mm-hmm. And um, Lukaku just sort of jumps in, grabs the ball, and dribbles right past the phone and scores within the first two minutes. And that finish actually was really nice. Lukaku has been on a crazy run here the last few days. By the way, I think it's his sixth goal in three games. Yeah, he. Uh, so, yeah. so I guess <laughs> I'm I'm arguing all three things here. I'm saying yes, the refs t- kind of screwed PSG. Yes, PSG played terribly, or they they screwed themselves. And you got to give credit to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and. Manchester United for taking the chances that PSG gave them. Here, so here's how I look at it. it. Here's how it I look at it. It's a perfect mix of, of farce and uh, high drama for PSG. It ended in disappointment, like it always does for them in the Champions League. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here's the, here's the, how, here's my perspective. I know you're not a you're not a boxing USC guy, but there's a thing that fighters say that you don't like, especially people who are known for more for knocking out people. Or, you know, getting finishes. You don't leave it up to the judges. And the thing is, PSG, they let they let themselves get screwed. Like, yes, the refs, I personally don't think it was a penalty. But at the same time, you you know, Mbappe in the 83rd minute had a, big, a goal where he just tripped and fell. I know the grass, down. And I know the grass down. is wet, he but I, well, you're supposed to be one of, you're supposed to be the next Messi. You have to. You have to at least put that on goal. I don't care. Like, there's no excuses. Like, you can't. Ex- don't excuse the ground. Um, so yeah, yeah. And, and of course, we talked about the mistakes the, for the first two goals. And you know, it just you let you let you let something. There's things in your control, and there's things out of your control. So you have to control the things that are in your control. So you know, not giving up two goals in like the first thirty minutes of the game. Uh, Finishing your chances. These are things that you could control. You can't control the refs want to screw you. That, that's out of your hands. You don't don't let the game get out of your hands. And they did. Yeah, and they did. Yeah, from the get go. And no, and no, and no rant for in Portuguese from uh, Neymar on Instagram changes that. I don't know if you saw that. I did. Yeah, he uh, had some naughty things to say, yeah. Neymar. And um, actually, you know, we can. We can mention that real quick. Uh, PSG was missing two of their most uh, important attacking players, and Edinson Cavani and Neymar. Yeah, Did but that, but yeah, but Manchester United with, uh, the outcome? they were missing them in the first game, and also Manchester United brought like a bunch of teenagers to to, to Paris. That's right, right. It was kind of the complete True. opposite of the first of the first leg because we came into saying, "Oh well, PSG screwed because they don't have anybody." There, and then you know. Manchester United for this game are missing Pogba, they're missing Lingard, uh, Martial, uh, just to name of like a few. So uh, I think Herrera they, Herrera, right. I think they had ten first team players that are hurt or something like that. Some ridiculous stat. 
Cool. It's they're, no excuse. Their entire starting mid central midfield or midfield in general, actually central and otherwise, was uh, out. They had an entirely new starting midfield than what they normally would put out there. So yeah, you know, we can let's talk about Manchester United for a second here, okay. real quick. Uh, I think we talked about how PSG bottled it, but Manchester United, they uh, like you said, they had ten first team players out. They had a bunch of kids you never heard of on the bench mm-hmm. and then were put out on the field. Their starting lineup was uh, <laughs> inexperienced, I think is what you would call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they had uh, what's that guy's name? Scott McTominay, the the Scottish guy, and Fred mm-hmm. playing in midfield. Remember him? To Remember Fred? Paul Pogba. <laughs> so... I think most of the credit for the win, obviously because they scored all the goals, is Marcus Rashford and Lukaku, especially Lukaku, who, like I said, six goals in three games. It's just looking, he's looking scary. You forget how good he is because he has had an up and down season. But he's he's um, not a consistent scorer. But like when he's he's good, like he's on his day. He's one he's one of the best strikers in the Premier League. But you know he has he has a lot of times as he's been in a man, with Manchester United where he's kind of like been absent. I would say that's my biggest criticism of him. In you know he usually doesn't come up in big spots, uh, but he ha- he came up in the biggest spot. So you have to give him credit there. Yeah, he came up big. Well, yeah. Coming up in the biggest spot has to be Marcus Rashford with the he's the man. He took the penalty. Yeah, I hope Ob- uh, I hope Aubameyang was watching that because that's how you take a penalty. Yeah, whatever you want to say about whether or not it was a handball or not, um, the penalty itself by Marcus Rashford to to go through to the quarterfinals in the last minute of the game. You know, he's twenty years old. It's one of I think it was his first ever penalty for Manchester United. That's what I heard. And he comes up, and he just freaking crushes it. I mean, nobody was stopping that goal, that that ball. That was a great shot. Yeah. He didn't, you know, it didn't do anything really fancy. So, you know, it was a, uh, yeah, it was very impressive. And uh, I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, the now currently interim head coach of Manchester United, is. He's got to be the head coach. Yeah, at this point, they're going to give him the job, right? They can't bring in Zidane. Like at this point, it's the guy who is like might win the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. No, I think they they got to give it to him, but uh, I've seen no reason to rush it. Oh yeah, they don't. They could wait till the end of the season, but I think he's the guy. I don't think you need to interview anybody else. Yeah, I think he's the guy. Yeah. Yeah. It was a. Uh, it was uh, quite the game. Oh well, yeah. don't don't yeah, don't get quite. tired. Yeah, we have two more games to talk about. I know. <laughs> um, you want to you want to move to another uh, VAR decision game? Uh, uh, the, uh, yeah, Roma, Porto. Yes. Um, the this call- one was a little more cut and dry. I think yeah. the, this video assistant review call, I think for sure, was a penalty. He just sort of pulled the man down. Well, he didn't pull him down, but he got like a good. He got a good grip of the shirt. It was pretty clear. Like at yeah. first, like live, it didn't look that bad. But when you see it slow and you see like it slowed down, you see how he got like a real good grip of it. So I think that was a proper call 
Um, yeah, I, I would say the same thing for Roma. Uh, you know, you let you you screwed yourself. You, you know, you let the refs screw you. Yeah, they. Yeah. Uh, Although they technically didn't screw them, that. but you know, you left it up to a decision, and you didn't. It didn't go your way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they actually the most controversial VAR decision in that game was the one they didn't call at the very end, mm-hmm. the last minute or so. Uh, that could have gone in favor of Roma. There was a little bit of a tug or a little bit of a push, excuse me, um, by one of the uh, the Porto defenders in the box. Yeah, this is what's annoying about VAR. They, I'm pro-VAR in general. Yeah. But uh, I think, like, you're going to see a lot of, like... Well, I guess just defenders are just going to learn how to, like, not do the shit anymore, but... It's like there is going to be a lot of like stuff that you could get away with, and like even if ref saw you, probably like would let them get away with. You're not going to be able to do like stuff like that anymore. You're not going to be able to do a little, little push and stuff like that with VAR. So it's going to be a adjustment. I think that's what I think. Everyone who's like out on VAR is like needs to um, realize it's going to be an adjustment. And once like defenders and adjust, it's going to be fine. I think, but yeah, it's it's going to take some time to get used to. Yeah, it's definitely going to take some time to get used to. Um, I'm not entirely sold yet. I think, uh, I mean, when uh, remember when goal line technology came in? Uh-huh. And that was like a hit right away. That was like, why haven't we been doing this? Because it makes so much sense. I think VAR yeah. is a little more, uh, less sure about. Well, I don't know if VAR is the right system, but I think there should be some sort of replay system. Yeah, I agree. I think you're right there. Um, and I think you're right also that, uh, the players will adjust accordingly. So, so maybe, uh, maybe I'll come, I'll come around, I think. Okay. Um, now we're going to get so to the, just the, to be clear, the game ended, uh, three, one in favor of Porto. Oh yeah. Four, they, four, they three aggregate. Yeah. They progressed four, three in aggregate. So, yeah. uh, by, Again, a last second penalty. Yeah, and uh, in extra time, it was about to go to yeah. like three minutes away from going to penalties. Yeah, three minutes away from going to penalties. So, um, we've got a Portuguese team in the quarterfinals of the Champions League since probably what, like, oof, it's been a few years. So it's exciting. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's we've got get a Portuguese th- team and a Dutch team. In the quarterfinals. That is true, yeah. It's And um, this is a good segue. The holders are out. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Real Madrid loses 4-1, 5-3 on aggregate. At home. The defending three-time defending defending champs. Reigning champs are out. Yeah, four and five years. Gone. Done. See you later. And got... Dominated. Yeah, I was gonna say this one did not come down to a refereeing decision. There was a VAR decision, but it didn't. It wouldn't. It didn't make a difference, really. No, no. Ajax, uh, they played them off well. They uh, they dominated the game. So Real Madrid. I think this whole Real Madrid team that has won so much, or at least in Europe, these last four or five years. You know they're gonna. You know in NBA teams they have rebuilding periods. Mm-hmm. You know they tear it down, sign a bunch of young guys. 
I think uh, Real Madrid sort of has to do something similar after this season because their season is over now. They've they're out of the league. They're out of the Copa del Rey. They're out of the Champions League. They're pretty much uh, don't have any consequential games left. Oh, you know season. who um, I saw. I don't know how true this is. Um, might take over for Solari if he gets fired. The special one. The special one. Our 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 favorite on this podcast. Yeah, he's coming uh, back. Uh, yeah, I remember saying that he should. I remember saying that he should uh, take a year. I think he still should. I don't know why he's like gunning for the Real Madrid job. Like it ended acrimoniously the last time Jose Mourinho was there. I'm not sure why he's so eager to jump on that. Yeah, I don't know either. Again, but I guess honest, but... I guess he's probably just bored. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But we should give a, a hat tip to Frankie Jiang, who, you know, like a true yeah. Barcelona player, went out there and embarrassed Real Madrid, uh, embarrassed Luka Modric, the current uh, Ballon d'Or winner, and uh, uh, Vinicius, the, who's supposed to be next up as the great, next great Real Madrid player. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, yeah I was we, should, like, we should talk about more about Ajax here. Okay, go ahead. They are the team that won, so we should give them their due. They, you know, they scored four goals against Real Madrid in their own home, and uh, they look good doing it. All those goals, every single one of those goals was nice. Yeah, it was. They were they were all nice. Um, and they just played. They just they played um, Real Madrid off the pitch. And I think like uh, I think going into the first leg, I think we were. I think there was a little more hype around this Ajax team, like that they could do it. And I think when they kind of like it was ended up two one going back to Madrid, it was like ah, they're still young. Blah blah blah. Maybe they'll if they don't sell everybody off, maybe they'll be able to do it in a few years. But now it well, seems. Now it seems like they're trying to make a deep run. That first leg, um, you know, yes, they lost 2-1, but they played probably, I would say, better than Real Madrid as a whole, even though they didn't score more goals. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not, it wasn't a total surprise, which, which makes it crazy that the captain of Real Madrid Sergio Ramos, everyone's favorite player, mm-hmm. uh, well, central defender. My girlfriend's favorite purposely, player. Purposely, he purposely got a yellow card, so he would be suspended for this game, the the second leg of the the tie. So he w- obviously he wouldn't he, be suspended he, for the quarterfinal. He galaxy brained it. He got he got it again. He got this yellow card yellow card on purpose, so he would serve the ban now in the round of 16 rather than serve the ban when his team theoretically needed him more in the quarterfinals and now he looks like an idiot also they play like shit without him why would you purposely get suspended they're terrible defensively without him every time i forgot the stat was like the last like three champions of game they just like completely got i think when they played who the, what was the russian team they played in the court the group finals or the group stage was it um it was something in Moscow. Seska? Yeah, Seska. They lost to them. He didn't play. And there's like three other times he played in the Champions League. They like they're terrible defensively without him. So they need him. He's like he's hands down their best defender. So I don't know. 
He oh, I have a better pun actually. He Galactico brained it. Galactico brained it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I didn't. I yeah. I didn't understand that. And then he also got banned for like three games too, which it doesn't matter now. But um, yeah, it wasn't very smart. I don't. I so I'd point. I maybe at this point I just think he was making an excuse for why he made like a dumb foul. But I don't know. You know, he I think was one of those players who had a falling out with Mourinho the last time Mourinho was there. Mm-hmm. So if Mourinho actually shows up, I don't sure how that what that means for our favorite Sergio. I really fucking hate Sergio Ramos. Just like just to make that a hundred percent absolutely clear. So anytime he looks like an idiot, I'm happy to to spend a few moments. I mean, you don't have to justify it to me. I, 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 in that. You're you're good. You're you're. This is a safe space. <laughs> yeah. So okay, all right. We should we should go back to Ajax again and give them more credit for this win. Um, there was a really good New York Times article about Ajax in the uh, the other day mm-hmm. about uh, how they got the stars of this team, the year of Frankie De Jong's, um, Casper Dolberg, the Tucson Tadic, and they were like, "We need you to be." You know, Ajax famously always sells their best players to teams like Barcelona and Real Madrid. And the head coach of Ajax, he got all these young guys in and he compared them to famous Ajax players in the past. It was like, we need you to stick around for another year. And I guess most of them bought in. Mm -hmm. And so this is that season that they're playing in right now, um, the season that they were told, hey, if you stick around, we're going to do something special this season. And they did, beating Real Madrid. So it was it was, it was a good article. Um, and encourage you to check it out. Yeah, um, I'll put a link to it on the Facebook page. Yeah. Um. So, because uh, the sad part is, a lot of these players for Ajax are going to go to, well, Frankie de Jong's already going to Barcelona. Mm-hmm. A lot of the players on the Ajax team are going to go to, you know, Premier League teams or La Liga teams or, well, probably those two places mostly. Uh, they have their good center back, DeLitt, who's, he's like the sure thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's only be 19. Like, yeah, the next big. He, he's, he's more of a sure thing mm-hmm. than Frankie de Jong, who's, like you said, just made Luka Modric the current Ballon d'Or winner looked like an idiot. So there's a lot of talent there. And it's going to be uh, playing for you know a Manchester United near you here fairly soon, I think. <laughs> you know, like uh, that. Teams like that. Yeah. Um, I, oh, I, remember, I, I just remember what I wanted to say. Um, apparently their budget is $28 million, which is like the same <laughs> as uh, much as like um, Gareth Bale is getting paid. So... Yeah, and I um Gareth Bale, who so wants out of Real Madrid, yeah, it's abundantly clear. Well, they also don't want him to be there either, so it's a mutual. <laughs> True, I mean that whole situation makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. He, I know there was this like he didn't hasn't spent as much time learning Spanish as he should. So Spanish isn't that great, even though he's been there for five years, six and, years, six years, and. uh I think he doesn't always get along with some of the the players. But well, yeah, you can't talk to him. I can you get along with someone? You can't talk to him. 
<laughs> True. But, I mean, he basically joined the team, and then they started, then they won four Champions Leagues. He, he basically single-handedly won the last one for them. So, yep. well, mostly single-handedly. So it's hard, you know, it's just strange. He's good. He'll play really well for some other team, probably yeah, like Manchester when, United or uh, something. Don't when he leaves. say that. He's going to go to Fulham. <laughs> he's, he's not going to Fulham, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. You don't think he's going to want to play in the championship? No. No. I <laughs> um, don't think so. All right, to tie like a little bow on this, uh, I saw a stat from ESPN FC, which uh, like their soccer index or whatever, win probability thing. So I, uh, Real Madrid uh, coming to this into the second leg had like a 75% chance, and PSG had like a 95, 97% chance of advancing to the quarterfinals. So that's how crazy this these two days were. Yeah, yeah. So the Champions League, if I could speak more broadly here about the Champions League, the group stage sucks. It's boring. Okay. Don't watch it. It's my, it's my champion. I don't know if I would go that far, take. but okay. The knockout stage freaking rules. Every game is nuts. And it's only teams that are good. So every game is exciting. And uh, yeah, the format is, is per- they shouldn't mess with it, even though I think they're thinking about it. But uh, yeah. Well, what are they thinking about doing? Because I've heard they're trying to get away, drop the away goal rule. That's all I've heard. Well, I know they're just uh, the way they're setting it up. So the the top four leagues automatically get four teams. You know, it'll be more more of the same teams. Oh, okay. You know, less likelihood that you know a Porto or an Ajax is gonna get to this stage. Yeah, of the tournament, which is disappointing. Yeah, I was trying to make it the European Super League without having to make the European Super League. Yeah, exactly. But uh, they should not mess with the Champions League format at all. Uh, the knockout stage, anyway. It's uh, it's the most exciting soccer around, for sure. Okay, um, I think that wraps up uh, the Champions League. So, to end, I want you to give me a Manchester United or Arsenal prediction. Um, well, I'll give you mine first. Oh, 2 0 what? Manchester United. I was going to say 2 1 Manchester United. All right, there we go. All right. Um, we are um, – that's our show. We'll be back probably in a week or two. Um, all right. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Indirect Kick Pod. Um, yeah. All right. So thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.